and welcome to Spouses of Light. I'm David. And I'm Lisa. And this is a podcast where we play every Final Fantasy game, starting with one, and talk about it. Together. Welcome back to Season 3, where we're playing Final Fantasy 3. Whoa. So, let's start with uh, any Final Fantasy news. Yes. Yes? There we're is. starting that way, or yes, there's news? Yes, there's news. Oh. And, and we are starting with it. Excellent. What do you got? Well, I have... Two pieces of news, possibly three. I forgot what we decided on. <laughs> Excellent. The first piece of news is that it was announced last week on Tuesday, January 31st, that that would officially be Final Fantasy VII Day. Woo! Final Fantasy VII! It is acknowledged as like a national holiday in Japan, and the creator of the game got a certificate and everything, and he wrote a cute little note thanking the fans that... You know, he when he made this game, he didn't think it would be such a cultural impact, but here we are. And oh my gosh, it's so culturally impactful. Yeah. So, yep. so congrats to them, to the creative team, and everybody. And that's exciting. I can't wait to play it someday. It's going to be fun. Mm -hmm. I look forward to it. Mm -hmm. It'll be interesting to see how you like it and what platform we're going to play it on and all that jazz. Yeah. I am seriously worried about it being overhyped. I think we might have talked about that already, but we'll see. I am 100% convinced you will find it to be overhyped, knowing you. But, yeah. Yeah. But who knows? Who knows? We'll see. All right. The second piece of Final Fantasy news is... Drumroll, please. The theater rhythm demo is out. Okay. So this is the one that I actually don't know how you're feeling about it because... You saw it, and I went, how'd you like it? And you went, podcast. And I went, okay. <laughs> so how'd you like the demo, hon? I played the demo for about an hour. The demo is actually a lot bigger than I thought it would be. Ooh. And basically, you launch it. It's this really cool movie, you know, intro, cutscene kind of thing. And it made me really want all of the Final Fantasy games to be remade in the theater rhythm art style. <laughs> <laughs> there needs to be a team that is fully dedicated to to remakes while a different team is making the new ones. So that in those seven years in between each new release, we get remakes and cute chibi styles. I'll let that be for you. I'm sure there's an audience. I could live without that. That's fine. Anyway, you launch the game and you're given the choice of starting with, I think, four or five of the different titles, not all 15. Okay. And, but one of the options is 15. So I went with, the, I couldn't choose one. So if I couldn't choose one, I'm going to go with 15. Okay. So I played 15. I got my Chocobros and it was different playing it with a controller in my hand than playing it on the DS with the stylus. See, that's the only way I've ever liked any rhythm games was tapping it and drawing on it with, on the DS. I don't think I would be able to handle doing it with a controller. So how was it with controller? It was very much like Kingdom Hearts Melodies of Memory. Yeah. Which I still love and enjoy. And so I will love and enjoy this game when it comes out next week. You probably won't be playing it. That sounds accurate. Or you might like dabble in it, but you probably won't be playing it regularly. The only reason I think I'll play it is if we do a bonus episode for the podcast or if we get into streaming stuff or whatever. But yeah. 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 But the demo's out and I really loved it. That's and I great. mean, by the time this episode goes live, the game will fully be out. But And you'll probably be playing it because yeah, you pre-ordered it. Heck yeah, I did. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. I'm very excited. I'm so excited for you. All right. And then the last piece of Final Fantasy news is that I got you an awesome birthday present. Yeah, you did? So this is one that I was scrolling through my newsfeed and I saw something on the newsfeed and I was like, you know what? I think I'm just going to get Lisa this for her birthday. And then 
I remembered my wife hates surprises to the point where when I was planning <laughs> our proposal, when I was planning on how we were going to get engaged, I came up with a million different ideas. All of them had some sort of surprise element. And she basically looked at me and said, if you surprise me or if anyone I know is there, I'm going to say no and dump you. And so since then, I have been very hesitant about ever surprising my wife. I have very particular tastes and I have very high levels of anxiety. So there. And so I was pretty sure I was right on this one. But before I just went and booked the tickets, I also was going to like book where we were going to sit. And then I knew "Mm, I should actually show her seats because she gets very persnickety about where she sits in auditoriums. And so I showed her and I covered the title and said, so just pick where you want to sit. And she got a huge look of fear and anxiety on her face and went, I can't know what it is. (laughs) So finally, I just lifted up my hand and I said, here's what I found. I figured you'd like this for your birthday, even though we usually don't do birthday presents. I love you. (laughs) To be fair, I was willing to be surprised a little bit, but with. With the kind of ticket prices I was looking at, if I didn't actually enjoy or want to go, I would have felt terrible that you spent that much money on it. So, what is it? It's a Final Fantasy concert! Yep, yep. We're going to the piano concert in Glendale, California. Sorry, where? Glendale, California (laughs) on March 4th. So, very excited for that. So, if you happen to be there, just, I don't know, yell Spouses of Light in the lobby and we'll... we'll (laughs) We'll be super excited to meet you. Or t- or tweet at us and we could try to meet up with you also. That would work too. That would make more sense. We are at Spouses of Light. Uh-huh. So we'll be there with my mom and dad and it'll be celebrating Lisa's birthday. Now she- that we now that we've done all this, I don't think this episode's coming out until after the concert. Wah, wah. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> I guess Lisa's gonna have to just tweet out that we're gonna be there and stuff. Yep. Okay. So yeah, all the Final Fantasy news. Yay! That's all I got. That's all I got, too. So let's dive back in. All right. So last time we ended with a giant floating thing in the desert that I thought we were going to have to go face. So I walk into the desert overworld and I'm trying to trigger the fight with the tree because I think that's what I'm supposed to do now, right? Right. And I can't reach it like it's floating above me. And I'm trying to find also where the enemy camp is and all this because the city says it's under siege and has all these problems in the desert to the west so i go over literally every square of the desert and as i do i fight a bunch of enemies in the desert overworld it's fair that you go over every inch because in previous final fantasy games we have had to comb the desert for things airship (laughs) all right so some enemies are the lizard man they are teal. They've got like football shoulder pads and green abs and a shield and a sword. They're very humanoid. The Gorgon. The Gorgon. I expected a Gorgon to be a Medusa. But? But, but it is not. It looks like a bug that's coming out of the ground doing the butterfly stroke <laughs> with its weird bug arms. <laughs> Am I'm I not, wrong? You're not wrong. <laughs> a knocker? The knocker. Is, it looks like a dwarf, just different colors, I think. I would say it looks like a stereotypical, like, goblin or impish type thing. But yeah, yeah, I can give you that. A griffin? The griffin looks like a griffin. (laughs) Gryffindor! Although, with the colors, it looks like it's crying. Like, it's got blue coming down from its eyes. And a flyer. Now, the flyer is freaky, and I don't like it. 
It's nightmare fuel. It's kind of the body of a dragonfly, but instead of a dragonfly head, it's an open mouth with teeth. And then it's got one, two, three, six wings and two human arms coming out of the face. Yeah, it's bad. It's gross. And it's orange and blue purple. All right. So as I'm walking around the desert and I can't trigger anything, I do notice that there's a circle of trees in a forest nearby. And yes. so I go in and copyright. No, copyright. <laughs> there's a chocobo woods. Chocobo! And there's a tree in the middle that you can smell, and it says it smells like chocobo. Yep. And it can take any item, but, but I don't nothing, know what to give it yet. So. Yeah, but nothing happens. I would say the item list comes up, but I but nothing I have does anything. Yeah. You gave it every item you had? I tried. I wanted <laughs> to know what happened. <laughs> I gave it some gnomish bread and then moved on. Um, I mean, it didn't take it, so there you go. it's not like I lost anything other than time. Cool. So then I talked to a chocobo. And it says, chocobo, giddy up. And then I ride away. And then I, I, I made a note that there was a Pokemon-esque noise. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, now we're in the overworld on a Chocobo. So I took this now to explore the entire world because I didn't have to fight any enemies. So I could just ride around the entire continent. Same. I did a lap. Excellent. As I explore, one thing to notice is that the continent we're on is suspended in midair. Mm-hmm. It's like literally... In the sky. Yeah, I said, there's a town to the west and then the edge of the world. Yep. <laughs> Just blue sky and clouds and cliff edges below. And so after doing the lap, I go to the village of the ancients. That is also where I went after doing my lap. Fantastic. I walk in and there's a bald man. Well, who- first of all, when you walk in, the music's really different. It starts off light and tinkly like a music box before it transitions into like a peaceful guitar music. Nice. And it was cool. cool. And then, yes, there's a bald man. So the bald man says, we are the descendants of the ancients, creators of civilization as you know it. We live in harmony with nature, as is our creed. That man was on the third tier, because this this town is built on four tiers. Okay. Before I went to that old man, I went to a different guy who said, you did it. You went the whole way around on a chocobo. Here's your prize. And then he gives me a chunk of gnomish bread. Yep. So there's a redheaded girl. Who says that Chocobo's nest in a forest due east of here? Have you been by any chance? Heck yeah, I rode around the world. Mm-hmm. An old man says, light and dark are living forces. When the time is right, they choose four young heroes unto whom they bequeath their powers. The warriors of dark were four such people, chosen to save the world from the wrath of light. But the balance has shifted once more, and it is up to you to restore the light. Do not abuse this awesome power. How'd you feel about that piece of lore? I was blown away. Yeah. The fact that dark could have been good because light was an overpowering force kind of blew my mind. Very much a yin and yang, you need to live in balance type thing. 100%. And so I was like, oh, I'm guessing we're going to have to meet these warriors of dark at some point. Just just a guess. (laughs) There's another person that says, we have but one rule. Surrender to the greater will of the world. One cannot rely on modern machinery. I wrote, Sid would disagree, methinks. Yep. He's Luddites. <laughs> Another guy says, the wrath of light, a catastrophic flood of power, was caused by the ancients. They used the crystals to harness the power of light, but struggled to contain the burgeoning energy. Light was unleashed on the world, causing untold ruination to all of humanity. In the end, four warriors from the world of darkness came and subdued the flood of power. 
the few remaining ancients regrouped and came to live here in this village. So that's an interesting piece also that these warriors of dark come from the world of darkness. Yes. So does that make this the world of light? It felt very link between worlds. Yep. Where there's a, a shadow world and the shadow link and the light world and the mm-hmm. link prime, I guess. He's not called light link. <laughs> there's another person who said, would you believe me if I told you this continent was floating in the air? Yes. Yes, I would believe you. I saw it off my chocobos. Mm-hmm. The Tower of Owen provides the power to keep us afloat. Mm-hmm. And then, oh, I, wrote, I buy some magic and leave. <laughs> so yeah, in the, <laughs> so the inn costs 120 gold to stay in it. They sell potions, high potions, antidotes, eye drops, echo herbs, golden needles, maiden's kisses, mallets, and phoenix downs. The magic shop sells sight, cura, teleport, blinda, fyra, blizzara, and thundara. There's a serpent sword hidden in a tree. So if you talk to a tree, you can get a serpent sword. The armor shop sells headbands, mage robes, and flame mail. And in the weapon shop, you can buy a fire, ice, or light staff, a killer bow, and a fire, ice, and light arrows. So now, because I still can't trigger anything in the desert, I cross some mountains, and in the middle of the forest I find the living woods. I also went to the living woods. I said, I find the living woods north of the hairball desert. So were you disappointed with the living woods? Yes. You were looking forward to some moogles, and instead... there, uh, There's a bunch of fairies. Yeah. And I wrote, no moogles, sad face. <laughs> but they're very cute fairies. I guess. They're very much like Zelda basic fairies. Wow. Rude calling them basic. Mm-hmm. They asked me to help the elder tree, which was cursed and now wanders the desert, which so, was done by Hein, royal advisor of Castle Argus. So yeah, so the floating thing in the middle of the desert is the living tree, the mm-hmm. the elder tree. Not a hairball. Not a hairball. Another fairy says, I hear the cries of the woods. They weep for the elder tree that has made these woods its home for 10,000 years. But that great tree was cursed by a despicable mage and left the woods behind. Her name must have been Krista. I don't get that one. Ferngully? The last rainforest? I I know Ferngully exists because I saw it, but I don't remember anything about it. Well, there you go. There you go. (laughs) Another fairy says these woods are alive. Uh, We're also told that Hine uses barrier shift, which means we won't be able to fight him until we have the ability to see what he's shifting his barrier to. Mm. Anything else from the living woods that you saw? No, I think I was so disappointed that there weren't moogles. I didn't write hardly anything down. All right. So what I noticed when I was doing my lap around the world is that in the far, far west on the outer part of the continent, there's a town. Mm -hmm. And so I jump in the ship and try to go over there. Mm. But as I do, there's a typhoon that's basically blocking the way with a tower to the left of it. Yes. And on my way there, as I'm sailing around, I run into some enemies in the water. Mm. By the way, do you think that could possibly be the Tower of Owen? Yeah, I think so. Okay. All right. What'd you run into in the water? I ran into some Sahagans. Sahagans are basically swamp lizard men things. They're blue. They've got... Big flipper feet and orangey-blue spiny things on their back. Sea elementals. It's a blue swirl. It's, yeah, there's nothing to it. Our old friend the Tangy, and then the new Hermit. The Hermit's kind of horrific looking. He looks like a demon. Like he's red, he's got green horns and green eyes and green teeth and green fingernails. 
but at his lower back where his butt should be, it turns into a snail curly cue thing. I don't like it. <laughs> I don't know why he's in the water either, but he is. So I keep sailing around just to see what else I can find, and I find Castle Argus. I find another forest with the Chocobo Woods, and I find the Gulgan Gulch. Mm-hmm. So I went to Castle Argus first. What did you do first? I went straight to Gulgan Gulch and then to Castle Argus, but let's go to Castle Argus first with you. Okay. As there's not much to say. So I walk in. I wrote, there's Arabian Nights-esque music playing. Yep. There's nobody around, question mark. A few floors up, there's a big round table, but there's nothing else to do yet. There's a cave to the west, and below the cave, there's a lake with a sea serpent in it. Did you see that part? Oh, I did not go to the cave to the west. I didn't go inside the cave because I can't get to it yet. But yes, like right out- I, I saw that. Yes. Oh, okay, yeah, I saw it. And then there's a little sea serpent swimming around in the mm-hmm. lake. Did you see that? Yeah, I saw okay. that when I was on my chocobo. Okay, yeah. And then I went to Golden Gulch because there's nothing else to do there. Well, the castle had some chests you could get also. I got that on my second time there. Okay. Well, but by all means, you can go ahead if you want. No, we can cover the whole castle on your second time there. That's fine. Okay. So the Golden Gulch, there's 10 blind dudes who are from the opening of the game. Remember the opening cinematic had the Golgans predicting the future. And mm-hmm. so we've got 10 of them all sitting in front of crystal balls. They're in a square formation mm-hmm. around a downward staircase. Yep. So the first one says, this is Gulgan Gulch. You should know the Gulgan are born sightless. However, we make up for our lack of vision with a sixth sense. Some of our kind can even see the future. The second one says, We serve the wind crystal, a source of light, and that whose power has been bestowed upon you. Henceforth, you must go to the crystals of fire, water, and earth. They will grant you greater powers than you already possess. The next one says... (laughs) I don't know what that voice was. I loved it. (laughs) I loved it. The next one says... The great earthquake was only the beginning. The tremors tore the land asunder. The crystals, the source of the world's light, were swallowed into the depths as monsters emerged from the chasms now scarring the earth. Yet that was nothing compared to the catastrophe to come. Yeah, I wrote for that one. The great earthquake was only the beginning, dot, 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 says stuff from start of the game. (laughs) Because that's the opening text. I, I mean, you're not wrong. Okay. The fourth one says, I see a future of both light and darkness, but this is by no means set in stone. The fifth one goes, the living woods, the sentient forest calls to you. The sixth one says the same thing as the fourth one. The seventh says, we stay sequestered away in the gulch for those who know the future should not dare influence fate. The eighth one says, when crimson flames threaten the tower's destruction, he who alters fate's course will awaken to his destiny. The ninth one says, I sense the fire crystal's power is centered on the island of the dwarves. And the last one says, the earth's power is sealed away the other three sources of light. The earth crystal may have been sealed in a similar fashion. Does make sense? Is it the Earth's power? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh, okay. So then you head downstairs and you see the opening scene from the game, and the Golgan from the opening of the game says, "I have been expecting you. 
Take this spell and use it to enter the Tower of Owen to the north. Your destiny awaits you there, Desh. And then we get Toad. Received Toad. 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 Okie dokie. I was going to do a Toad impression, but it hurt my throat. Really? Yeah. Okie dokie. And then they go back to the tower. So, the Tower of Owen. We have enemies here. The enemies in this tower are the... Well, first of all, there are frogs everywhere. There are frogs everywhere. Okay. Which is why we need frog, because we're going to have to turn into a... Sorry, why we need toad, because we're going to need to turn into a frog to go through stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You just... And your your little mess up is my big frustration with this game. That's toads and not frogs? That it's called... The spell's called toad, but then everybody who you use toad on gets turned into a frog and not a toad. (laughs) Are you sure taxonomically it's not a toad? I am not, but that's my problem, is that just pick one. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I think it was an episode or two ago where I said frog and not toad, and you're like, I think it's called toad, and now I know why I'm confused. Because the spell's called toad, but then the things that get toaded are called frogs. (laughs) Anyway. So our enemies in this are the Fardarig. The Fardarig... I believe we had an enemy that looked like him before, just in a different color. He's a He's got a head that's about a third of his body, so like a chibi head. He's got blue overalls, and he's a little goblin dude. He basically is a reskinned leprechaun. Yes. We've got the petite mage. The petite mage is, again, a recoloring. I don't know of what. A petite. Oh, a petite. And it is purple and blue with yellow stripes. We've got the aghiski. Yeah, that's just a floating head, which again is a reskin, I guess, of a face. Yep. And it, yeah, it's a, it's a giant face. It's orange with blue eyes this time. And then we've got the blood bat. Family of the bat. It's purple with blue and orange wings. I don't know why it's not red, but there you go. All right. So we enter, once we enter the tower, first it says, all right, we're frogs now. Let's get going. And it made me laugh. And so after you find the right spot to enter the sewer system, you can turn back and then the screen flashes and says, Welcome to the Tower of Owen. I hope you like it here, for it shall be your final resting place. And Desk says, This place looks familiar. So on the second floor, we- Well, sorry, you didn't describe what the room looks like or anything. You're right, I did not. That's all you. It looks like the inside of a clock tower. There's cogs- running everywhere and a bunch of chains hanging so just every story that you've seen take place inside of a clock that's what this looks like yep on the second floor there's some chests that have a maiden's kiss on the fourth floor there's a chest that has the tear thing and then the screen flashes again he 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 and desh says wait i i remember i'm an ancient so then we head to the fifth floor And the screen flashes and says, Your souls shall wander these halls forever! And Desh responds, I remember now. There's a hidden switch on the fifth floor. It's on the eighth section of wall from the left. Which I had a really hard time finding even knowing that. (laughs) Really? Yes. I, I could not find it. I counted like four or five times and I just finally was like walking up to the whole wall pressing A to to trigger it. That's a way to do it. There's a chest with another Maiden's Kiss, so, you know, you're turning into toads a lot. You don't have the MP. You can cast the spell. I mean, use the item. On the seventh floor, there's chests with Echo Herbs and Bomb Fragments. The eighth floor has chests with Echo Herbs. The ninth floor has chests with a Salomon Sword, Flame Mail, and Zeus's Wrath. And the tenth floor... There's a big old fire and an engine. 
And in front of it is a purple robe, pink skin, red snaky hair enemy thing. Woman question mark? Blocking the furnace. And it's the same person who's been talking to us throughout the tower. And she says, I, Medusa, will destroy this tower in the name of Zandi. Zandi, is that what we're going to say? That's cool. what I got. The continent will plummet from its place in the skies. <laughs> you will not interfere. Now die. And so we fight a boss, Medusa. So Medusa is a red, really angry face with a bunch of snakes coming out from all around her. And the snakes are coming towards us on the right side of the screen. Yep. So you beat and, Medusa. Yeah, I was going to say, I beat her handily. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then we walk forward and interact with the furnace. And the flames lick and flare wildly. There's an explosion that looks like it's imminent. And Desh says... Well, he switches places with us. And he says, no, don't go near it. I... I remember now. I'm one of the re remaining ancients, the watchman of this tower. I was only supposed to awaken if something happened to the tower, but I was asleep for so long. My memories were scrambled when I woke up. I forgot my purpose. And then he walks to the side. This doesn't look good. I think I know how to stabilize the flames, but I can only do it from inside the reactor. I have no choice. The tower is the only thing keeping this continent afloat. If it blows, we'll fall right out of the sky. This is farewell. Thanks for your help. Dash, stop. You'll die. So, sorry, before that, the music changes and speeds up. And he says, this is my destiny. Don't worry. Once I repair the furnace, that whirlpool should, be, should stop as well. Then you can search for the dwarven island. That's where you'll find the fire crystal. Once I'm in, I'll warp you all outside. It's been a blast. Literally. Now then, here I go. Dash. And the screen darkens. And settles, and we warp out. He, yeah, he jumps in, and there's a big blast, and sad music starts playing. <laughs> and as we warp out, against our will, the whirlpool is gone. Mm -hmm. So now I sail north and into the outer sea. And now that I'm in the outer sea, I can go to that town that I wanted to go way out in the west. Which so, is the Dwarven Hollows. No. Oh. I go, the Dwarven Hollows are up into, oh, sorry. Far in the east, not the west. Sorry. Oh, okay. I go to the west. Yeah. Um, that's where we're supposed to go. That's the next plot point. But I make a detour off to the east. Ah. So on the way, we run into some enemies in the ocean. The first is the Annette. The Annette is a big, green, angry-looking fish with a pink unicorn horn. The Sea Serpent. It looks like the Nepto Dragon, but it's a different color. So it's green with orange spots and or an orange tummy. The sea elementals, which we've already seen. The mermaid. Looks like a mermaid. She's got a pink tail and green hair and a pink shell bra and a spear. And the seahorse. And the seahorse looks like a seahorse. It's green. It's got pink eyes and some teeth. So the city that I enter is called Gishal. Okay. I, I make it there eventually. So I will. I got my notes. Great. So my first thought is sheep. There's a bunch of sheep that bah, at you. Yes. And there's a shepherdess, and when you talk to her, she chases one around in a circle. She says, I tend the sheep. Hey, you, I told you not to go over there. There are a handful, but that's the job, I suppose. Come back here, you woolly nuisances. Yeah, it's very cute. Yep. They sell magic here. They sell Toad, Mini, Libra, Confuse, Silence, Break, Blizzaga, and Shade. 
I go to the inn. You can rest. It's also 120 gil, like the ancient place. There's a little girl who says, Fat chocobo can store up items in its tummy. Convenient, but unhygienic. Which I was like, fat chocobo? Fat chocobo. I want fat chocobo. So. Sorry, there's also a dancer girl, but she does the same dance. Mm -hmm. I play the piano and they sell here Gishal Greens and the rooms cost 120 gil. Yep. You can also, at the item shop, buy magic keys, which mm-hmm. you'll need in Castle Argus. I bought a bunch. Me too. There's a farmer who yells at you if you go near his crops. And then there's a guy that tells me to use the Gasol greens on the on the tree to lure a giant chocobo. So that's where you'll see fat chocobo. So that's, the, that's what the item I need for the tree, I guess, back in the chocobo forest. Yep. So then I head back to Castle Argus before heading oh. to the dwarves. The dwarves, because I know that I need magic keys to open the towers, and I want to ransack and get all the items. Okay. So in Castle Argus, on the fourth floor, you can get some bomb fragments, Antarctic winds, and tranquilizers. On the third floor, the right candle opens a secret passage to 3,000 gil. And upstairs, you can get 10,800 gil. And then in the two locked towers in the east and west... You can get light arrows, ice helms, phoenix downs, a book of fire, ice arrows, a book of light, fire arrows, a book of ice, and the scholar robes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I got all those things. Yep. And then just the last thing before I went to the Dormen Islands is I stopped off at the Chocobo Woods because I wanted to see Fat Chocobo. Oh, I didn't do that yet. Okay, then. So we'll talk about it when you go and do that next time. Okay. Okay. I want to see your reaction to Fat Chocobo. Yee, Fat Chocobo! Excellent. All right, so the Dwarven Islands, tell us about it. Okay, so the Dwarven Hollows. I walk downstairs, I believe, right? You enter a cave and you go downstairs to be one. There's two dwarves. They're wearing yellow and green shirts, red hats with yellow feathers, and they both have white beards, and they both say, Lolly Ho! Lolly Ho! And then, and that's it. And then I go down to B2, and then there's loads more dwarves, some in the same outfit. Some others are wearing red shirts with blue belts and green hats. Does that mean they're going to die? Probably. <laughs> unfortunately. Although they're not in space. Well, no, they are in space, technically, because they're yeah. floating. So, yeah, I guess they're all going to die. Um, one says, it made me laugh. They go, Lolly, no. <laughs> <laughs> the horn of ice was stolen. One goes, how could you let him get away? you got to get that horn back from that thief. Hurry to the underground lake. And I was like. What do you mean, how could I let him get away? I just got here. <laughs> Another one says, That horrible villain Gutsko took one of our horns of ice. He ran off to the subterranean lake, but dwarves don't float. How are we supposed to get our treasures back? Another says, Our treasured horns are delicately carved out of ice, but that conniving thief stole one. The scoundrel! And then I thought about it, and I was like, Wait, this guy comes in here, steals the horn, and then just goes further into your dwelling? What's what's his escape plan? <laughs> All right. Another one says, There used to be a shimmering glass tower up in the northern mountains, but after the earthquake, it disappeared. Now there's just a cave in its place. And the last one says, Do you know where the village of Gishal is? Well, I'll tell you. It's across the outer sea, far, far to the east, which I've already been to. I've already been to. As I say, that was news to me, but yes, not helpful to you. The armor shop here sells ice armor, ice helms, ice shields, mage robes, and kimpogi. The inn was only 80 gil, which I appreciated. The weapon shops sell turfings, salamon swords, 
fire staffs, ice staffs, holy arrows, iron arrows, tonfa, and I'm going to say this wrong, Santetsukun. Okay. In the middle of the room where all these dwarves are hanging out, there's a platform that is surrounded by a moat, and there's one ice horn and one empty pedestal. And if I try to walk up to it, I say, ow, so that's what an invisible barrier feels like. And then I spin away backwards away from it. Yep. So then you go down to the third floor and it asks, shall we dive underwater? And then you go, and how exactly are we supposed to do that? Maybe we have to become frogs first. Yeah. So I use the toad spell so we can become frogs. And then you dive down, cast it again, and you're in the subterranean lake. What does the subterranean lake look like, Lisa? I'm so glad you asked. (laughs) (laughs) It's misty and (laughs) cave-like. How descriptive. (laughs) We've also got some enemies here in this cave. Whoa, whoa, there's a chest. Yes, but we do the enemies first and then we go through the chest. Okay, all right, all right. There are some enemies that we fight in this subterranean lake. They Mm -hmm. are the manticore. Looks like a manticore. We've got the whole body of a lion, tail of a scorpion, bat wings thing going on. There is the merman. The merman is a recoloring of the swamp Sa- monster earlier. The Sahagan. The Sahagan. It's purple and green. And then the stalagmite. The stalagmite is a recoloring of the carbuncle, where this one looks like a blackberry, but it's blue and one eyeball in the middle. So a blueberry? But blueberries aren't, blueberries are just round. Yeah, I know. I was just being silly. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. On the first floor, there's some chests that you can get a golden needle. Mm-hmm. And then you cross some rope bridges and you go through a hidden wall. And it leads to the second floor where you can get two Zeus Wrath and two golden needles. Mm-hmm. On the third floor, there's two chests with 300 gil. Well, there's it also, there's dark water all around us. Yep. And then there is a gray-skinned, red loincloth, red eyes, and orange-haired thing on a dais. And you walk up, and Gutsko says... He's marching in place. He goes, Arg, stay back! Get away from the horn if you want to keep living! And then we fight the boss enemy, Gutsko! And I find out to my dismay, it is not red clothing, but rather a red snake wrapped around his naked body. (laughs) Da-ba-da! So you beat him, and you obtain the horn of ice. And it floats behind me. Like a... Companion. Mm-hmm. Did you try to talk to it like you can talk to the companions? I think so. And I think it just went dot, dot, dot or something. Yep. Yeah. So I head back upstairs. I heal up and I talk to the dwarf by the pedestal and he goes, it's our horn. You're the best. Now put it back where it belongs, please. Hang on. I'll take down the ward. Ho, hoy! You can go through now. Just leave the horn on the altar. So I do. And guts go pops out. Ha, ha, ha! You fools didn't even notice me hiding in your shadows. Now both horns are mine for the taking! Gutsko appears, grabs both horns, and jumps across the water and out of the building. Mm-hmm. With both horns of ice in my possession, I can extinguish any flame. The tunnel to the crystal poses no obstacle to me now. The power of the fire crystal will belong to me. Gutsko the Great, it's mine, all mine. So we head north to the molten cave chasing after Gutsko. Lisa, what does the molten cave look like? The walls glow red. There are sparks of red fire floating in the air and there's lava. But unlike other places in these games, the lava doesn't hurt to walk on. Yay! 
We also have enemies in this cave. Mm. These enemies consist of the the old fan favorite, the Adamantoids. Which, unlike Final Fantasy II, Adamantoids is kind of like on its belly, slithering around almost, instead of just standing stocky like the other ones do. I like to think it's swimming through the lava. But yeah, yeah, that. There's the Crocata. Yeah, the Crocata's kind of nightmare fuel. He's drawn as... Like mid bounding towards you, and he's green. He looks like a possessed monkey kind of thing. See, I think he looks like a good friend, but okay. I, I mean, I'm sure he could be. There's the Myrmecolion. Myrmecolion? The Myrmecolion, yes. It's just a reskinned manticore. So he's green and blue instead of what the other one was. There's the Red Marshmallow, which apparently is called Red Moose in other games, and he's a red blob with teeth and very angry brows. And the balloon. The balloon is a recoloring of the bomb. So it's a big green face with little exploding things coming out around it. Yep, yep. So on the first, second, and third floors, we've got some chests. On the first floor, you've got a chest that can give you an Antarctic wind. On the second floor, there's a chest with a freezing blade and two high potions. There's also a lava waterfall in the middle of the room on the second floor. Nice. On the third floor, there's chests with potions and high potions. And if you talk to the rock, it opens a secret passage that leads to the fire crystal. Mm-hmm. And when you walk in, Gutsko is there to meet well, you. Well, sorry. Before that, there's a room in between. Oh. I wrote the interact with the rock opens a secret passage that leads to a room with a door. And I, knew, I figure on the other side of the door is going to be our boss fight. So I take that chance to heal up. Great. And then the next room is the fire crystal. There you go. And Gutsko's waiting there. And he says... Ha ha ha! With the power of the fire crystal coursing through me, I'm unstoppable! Thing is, I can't tap into the true power of these flames so long as you goody-goody stand in my way! Nothing personal, but this is where you meet your maker! And the game says, Gutsko attacked with the formidable power of the fire crystal! So we have another boss fight, but this time it's not against Gutsko the Great, it's against Salamander! And Salamander is a big bluish purplish dinosaur dragon thing with orange spots and orange tummy and he breathes purple flames so we kick its butt oh i get wiped so hard oh really yes apparently okay. apparently i got wiped so hard twice whoa so i left to grind okay then that is so unlike us because usually you've been the stronger player the last couple well, all of them so far. Yeah. So this is where, so the, this point I leave, I go to Gasol, do all that stuff. I go to Castle Argus, get all that treasure. And now I've got better weapons. I've got better gear. I go back to the better Molten Better pizza, cave. Papa John's. Yes. And then I go using all strong ice attacks. He goes down without a problem in two rounds. Yep. So then, yeah. Great. So then after you beat him, you get to walk up to the blue fire crystal and it says... Warriors of light, I bestow upon you the power of light kindled within my flames. Shimmers. <laughs> You've received new title from the fire crystal. Ranger, knight, thief, and scholar jobs now available. And then this crystal says, Warriors of light, only you can restore hope to the world, for yours is the light that can balance out the darkness. So then we can teleport out and head back to the dwarves. And when we do, a kid runs in and goes, Warriors of Light, you have to help us. What happened? Tokul, my beloved home, has nothing left to plunder. So they, they're they putting it to the torch. 
Please, you have to save us. Time can change his weakness on a whim. However, a scholar would be able to see through his tricks. Gurk. And he fades away and dies. Yeah, so if you remember, Tokul is where we were at the beginning of this episode. Yep. Um, next to the floating tree in the desert. So I guess we're going back there for next episode. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, so this kid apparently did the whole original marathon thing where he ran, delivered some news, and then died. Yep. I don't know how he knew that we were at the Dwarven Hollows, but I'm glad he found us. Agreed. I go back, to, I go down to B2. I put the horns back. Um, everyone's excited. There's a dwarf in the lower right corner that says their treasure is all ours. Let me, does he really say moonwalk? Let me moonwalk you back there. And then he proceeds to moonwalk. Ha ha ha. I did, did not, not do see this? that. No, oh. I just stopped because you told me to get the like thing from the kid and then be oh, done. Oh, I had to put the crystals back. I didn't know oh. to do that. Sorry. It's all good. Spo- spoilers. No, go for it. Okay. So yeah. So, um, the guy moonwalks and lets me into the treasure and there's 16 treasure chests. Holy smokes. So we get otter shroom, elixir, killer bow, gauntlets, gold needle, echo herbs, book of fire, scholar robe, book of ice, scholar hat, book of light, knight armor, two phoenix downs, gasol greens, and heroic shield. That's a lot. That sounds awesome. Yeah. And then, yeah, I called it. So. Great. So this is where we do our check-in. Mm-hmm. Lisa is currently level 19. And because we got new jobs and I was playing when that happened, I looked over at Lisa and asked her which job she wanted. And she took the job I wanted, but she got it because she's my wifey-poo. So she's a scholar, level one. I am level 19 and I am still a red mage, level 40. Ooh. Potato is level 19 and he's a knight, level one. Mm -hmm. And Aloy is also level 19 and she is a monk, level 40. Ooh. Noctis, well, all, okay, all the Chocobos, Chocobros are level 21. Okay, so you're two levels ahead of me. Yeah, I guess I did some grinding because I couldn't beat the Salamander, so there we go. Noctis is a Knight level 2, Ignis is a Scholar level 2, Gladio is a Ranger level 2, and Prompto is a Thief level 2. So you're using all the advanced jobs. I was going to switch over, but I didn't have gear for all the advanced jobs. Like some of the people, when I, when I try to switch Aloy over... She could equip nothing. Oh. And so I was like, okay, I need to get some gear before I switch over. So that'll be something I do before I go fight. Hain! Yep. Yes. And we figure out what's going on with that floating tree. Hain! Yes. Yes. So, how you feeling? Feeling pretty good. Yeah? Yeah. What are your thoughts up to this point? I'm still loving this game. It's a lot of fun. It definitely, again, feels more like the first one where it's... Do the crystal. Do the next crystal. There's no real overarching story. We keep getting hints about, you know, the Warriors of Dark, and I feel like that's going to play a bigger part at the end. But in the meantime, it feels very piecemeal. Mm-hmm. But it's cool. It's fun. If I had to rate it right now, it'd probably get like an 8 out of 10 instead of a 10 out of 10. Yeah. The Warriors of Dark and everything that happened in the City of the Ancients was really good. That seemed really fun. And the lore stuff there was good. The stuff with Desh definitely feels weird (laughs) and out of nowhere Mm -hmm. oh yeah i'm an ancient cool although i i do find now that the final fantasy games like to introduce somebody just to sacrifice him in final fantasy 2 most of those deaths actually felt very sad this one like you said came out of nowhere because he basically regained his memory and then died 30 seconds later yep 
And I was like, oh, okay, bye. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Final Fantasy really likes to fridge characters. Yep. But, you know, at least they're not all women. Hey. Uh, in fact, with two and with this one, they've mostly been men. Yep. I think it was a l- little weird to set up everything with the tree and to in Tokel before all the stuff that we needed to do to get back there. That felt a little weird and callbacky, but especially okay. especially because the immediate path after you get the boat, like Tokel is the next thing that you see. Yeah. And to have and it took us a while to figure out where we were supposed to go. And so it was just not well thought out, I guess. Or if it's meant to be a callback, it's just funky for them to say, Hey, they're all in the in the desert. Go to the desert. And you go to the desert and nothing happens. It's just, it's, yeah. It's the kind of thing that would work better in an open world where mm-hmm. maybe the game didn't intend for us to go there next. But hey, you can still do this next because the order doesn't really matter. Yeah. But, oh, well. Yep. It's fine. Yep. So next time we'll head back to Tokel and try to deal with that. And we'll see what happens with the tree. Mm-hmm. Okay. So where can people find us if they want to talk with us? You can email us. We are spousesoflight at gmail.com or we are on Twitter at Spouses of Light. And we'd love it if you could rate and review the show on, on whatever your podcatcher of choice is. The ratings and the reviews help us to know what we're doing well and how we can change things and improve things. And they help people find the show. Give us that five stars and then tell us what you think. Smash that like button. <laughs> or is that a different platform? That's a different platform. All right. All right. So... Without further ado, I'm David. And I'm Lisa. And thanks for joining us on our quest to seal the darkness. This fantasy is anything but final.